you know, a strong leader or a good leader is one that is very good at rallying the the group, the team, whichever organization or group that you are leading and getting them all focused and working toward a common vision or goal and executing. Good leadership, we often talk about the, the ability to relate to your team members, to motivate them and so forth. But more important than that is you still have to perform. You still have to achieve results. Leadership is about bringing a team to achieve results. Welcome to the Zen and the Art of Manufacturing podcast. We'll learn about how to create calm and improve flow in manufacturing. We focus on culture, developing people, continuous improvement, and technology. I'm your host, Brian Sappet, and today we have with us Mike Lee from OPEX Solutions. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Brian. You know, sometimes we start these things out with reading somebody's bio, but there's something that caught my interest, especially what we're going to talk about today, which is leadership in your background that I didn't realize. You were in the Navy. That is correct. I was in the Navy. <laughs> do you think, and this is kind of jumping right off into it, do you, do you think your knowledge of leadership and kind of how you do things and look at the world was shaped by that experience and the, and the way that the Navy and the Armed Forces develop leaders? It, it definitely was. You know, the military, for obvious reasons, puts a high value in developing leaders, uh, much more than you might find in manufacturing or, or, or other industries from day one, especially for me as a, because I was a naval officer. There's a lot of training and development and coaching on your leadership skills. So it very much helped me become develop my own leadership skills and to also understand some of the strong leadership behaviors and some of the not so strong leadership behaviors that I see out there be successful. So, um, yeah, it, it most definitely helped develop my view of strong leadership and for good or bad, it definitely influenced my own leadership style. Yeah. So what, you know, what we were going to talk about today is leadership and the role that it, it plays in continuous improvement and you were in the Navy and then you went off into a 13-year career in, in manufacturing before starting OpEx. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. What kind of companies did you work at during you know, your career when you actually worked in the manufacturing world? Uh, all, of my, all of my manufacturing career was actually with uh, one company. It was with General Electric. But while I was with them, I worked at four different sites making very different products uh, and in a variety of roles. And GE obviously is a big company. So, but that's where all my direct manufacturing experience came from. Did you see kind of a direct application of leadership styles or things that you've learned, kind of the, the good parts and the bad parts about leading people and developing leaders and applying that, you know, at your different roles at GE? Absolutely. You know, when it comes to, let me just step back and tell you that when it comes to leadership, it's very complex and good leaders, in my opinion, are always looking to improve their leadership skills, just like any other skill, right? The good ones always try to get better. And, you know, you, you're surrounded by people who are good leaders and bad leaders all the time. And just looking at what's around you, and in all the environments you've been in, all the jobs you've been in, uh, the good bosses you've had, the bad bosses you've had, you, you can take all that experience to help you improve as a leader. And so all my experiences in the Navy, all my experiences with GE, I had some great leaders in both organizations and I had some not so great leaders in both organizations. And that all formed 
my leadership style. And as a matter of fact, I became the reason I am so involved in part of my business is developing leaders is I just became more and more interested in how much of an impact leadership has on the success of an organization. And, I, and I've seen it over and over, both the good and the bad. And I've seen it where it's been extreme, almost like an extreme makeover in an organization just from changing the leader. So I don't think you can overemphasize the impact a leader can have on your organization, on the performance and the culture of your organization. How would you define a good leader? Whew, that sounds like an easy question, but it's not. But if you want to know how I would define it, you know, a leader, there's different definitions of leaders, right? And what I mean by that is sometimes you'll hear organizations say, well, everybody's a leader, right? There is what I'll call personal leadership, which is different from team leaders or those that are leading a team or other individuals. And so I'll just stick with that second one here for a second. But, you know, a strong leader or a good leader is one that is very good at rallying the the group, the team, whichever organization or group that you are leading and getting them all focused and working toward a common vision or goal and executing. Good leadership, we often talk about the, the ability to relate to your team members, to motivate them and so forth. But more important than that is you still have to perform. You still have to achieve results. Leadership is about bringing a team to achieve results. And the best leaders, the good leaders, are able to do that effectively and in the right way. We probably had leaders who can get results, but they don't necessarily do it in the right way long term. So there was one thing interesting when I worked for GE. I'll just throw this out as a little side note, but I joined GE about a year and a half after Jack Welch left. And one of the things they used to promote at General Electric was... They used like a matrix and they had, you know, leaders that got results or didn't get results. And then on one axis and the other axis was you met GE's values or you didn't. Right. And they used to say, you know, if you got results and you met the values, those are the best leaders. The other extreme, if you didn't do either, you shouldn't even be in the organization. And they used to say the most dangerous leaders are the ones that get results, but they don't adhere to the values. Because it can have a long-term just negative disease impact on your organization. So being able to get the results and to be able to do it in a way that meets what most organizations consider important values to their organizations is, is what makes a good leader. Do you like the idea of that matrix? Like, is that something that you use today or do you use something different to kind of evaluate whether or not somebody's a good leader in an organization? I don't use that matrix specifically to evaluate. Um, I use it for examples or just to talk about if I may be working with an organization where I see a leader who maybe is getting the work done, but everybody literally hates that leader or they're miserable or something, right? They're just beating, yeah. beating them down, for lack of a better term. You know, that's not the type of leader you want or they're doing it without integrity. You know, some of these core values that organizations want to want to have and and organizations get in trouble when it's all about just about the results and not the values. Now, I don't necessarily use just that simple of a matrix, but there are, you know, assessment tools and things that uh, that are out there, which, you know, organizational development professionals have that can help you measure and evaluate these values. And many organizations will claim that they have they have a certain core set of values 
you can go on people's websites and stuff and say, these are our core values, but they don't necessarily try to measure them or really, it's just kind of lip service. Some organizations, but a lot of them just give it lip service. Yeah. And I bet you most of the, in some of those organizations, the employees wouldn't even know what they are, right? It was something that they came up with in a workshop and it's just, it's on the about us page and that's about it. You know, if you've ever worked in a fairly large organization, often they'll do employee surveys. Mm -hmm. And so that's a common tool where you can ask your employees all these different statements. You know, does my boss or does my manager do this or do they not do this, right? And the way those are designed is they really bring about some of the values and the culture that you have in your organization and whether or not the leaders are exhibiting those things. So there are definitely instruments such as that, or you've heard of maybe 360 assessments, and there's a lot of various ways you can track and measure it. And so for organizations that are looking to make sure they have strong leaders or develop their leaders or improve their culture, I highly recommend you use those type of instruments, right? Because they can provide you some valuable insight as to whether or not your leaders in your organization are really adhering, not just getting results, because those we see, we typically measure those, but are, are we doing it in the right way? And, and that's up to each organization to determine how important that is to them. And, and you can find ways to measure that. So there's multiple levels to this, right? There's finding new leaders, developing them, right? Even before they step into management roles, then you have like existing people in management roles that you have to develop and kind of groom them to improve over time, or maybe they want to do that themselves. How have you found that that companies or or even, you know, how have you coached people on doing it? How do you identify who the potential leaders of the future are within your organization and develop them? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I will tell you and 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 we'll talk mostly about manufacturing here, although it's not specific to manufacturing, but I see it happen a lot in manufacturing, is that organizations don't necessarily have a good way to do this, or at least not a very systematic way. And often what you find is for those new leaders, the brand new ones, the, the team leaders, the supervisors, um, you know, used to be called foremen and stuff like that. They're often promoted from your best employees, your technical employees, right? The ones that do a good job, maybe from the, the hourly skilled trades and, you know, promote them into a leadership role. That can be partially effective because often they're motivated right? They're doing a good job. They're motivated. And you definitely want leaders that are motivated. But leadership skills are different. You know, I use this analogy. If you're in a work in a manufacturer and you have a, a complex piece of machinery or a CNC programmed mill or something that you have to run, you wouldn't just put anybody on that machine without any training and development to run that machine because they're, they're good, they could damage it or, you know, scrap some expensive parts, whatever. But we do that with leaders all the time. We take somebody who's been a valuable employee and we say, hey, we'd like you to promote you to be a supervisor, you know, and, and most time they'll say yes, because maybe they get more pay. But there wasn't really any other evaluation that was done. So to answer your question, you know, how do you identify them? It's it's not always easy. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because leaders can, from a personality standpoint and how they communicate, can come from almost any different type of profile. You can have very effective, quiet leaders. You can have very loud, boisterous, outgoing leaders, and both can be effective. It's not always 
easy to identify who the good leaders are. However, there are some things that you can try to do to observe or coach team members who you think might do well to become leaders. And it's understanding what some of these skills and behaviors are and their interests and whether or not they relate. For example, leaders, good leaders, definitely, I'll just use an example of one thing I'm thinking of top of my head, you know, need to have some good initiative, right? They, they have to be fairly self-motivated and, and be willing to take initiative in their organization. You know, has an employee demonstrated taking initiative? Are, are they comfortable doing that? Or are they always just simply waiting to be told? You know, that's just one example off the top of my head. But in order to identify these leaders, what it really comes down to is identifying the skill set and the behaviors you want those leaders to exhibit, and then analyzing your team members on whether or not they exhibit those behaviors or not, or to what extent they do. One other thing I'll say about that is, you know, I'm a firm believer that leaders can be developed. It's maybe less important that you identify somebody beforehand than it is, you know, that you don't, that you have a good development program because anybody can really develop into a fairly strong leader. There are some that are a little bit, maybe you call natural born leaders. There are some that maybe already have certain skills and behaviors that are more conducive to it. And there are some that probably should never be leaders, but there's a lot of people in between that you can absolutely develop into, into a strong leader, provided they have some, it's something they want to do and they're really interested in that role. One, one other quick thing before we move on is, you know, I firmly believe another characteristic of a strong leader is somebody that's interested in coaching and mentoring and Mm -hmm. helping others. If you do not have that servant mentality, you may struggle with being a good leader. On the other hand, if you do have it, you can become an effective leader, even, even with some other shortcomings, if you really concentrate on, on being that servant leader. So those are a few things to help identify who some of your good leaders might be. It's a good point. I was kind of thinking about that as you were explaining that you you have to care about people because you're when you're a leader, you're working with managing, developing people. And if you're kind of like the Lone Ranger and you go off on your own all the time and do your own thing and jump in and save the day all the time, that doesn't really work. With skills development, so with people, you know, throughout the organizational chart, do people build in, you know, the skills that we want in the next level? Do they start training people on those? Like when they're in their existing jobs, like let's say I'm a, I'm a supervisor of an area or a, a line supervisor inside of a manufacturing company. And the next step up for me is a department manager, right? Do companies kind of bake that training in for me as a supervisor to kind of develop those skills or how does, how does all that happen? Well, I wish they did. I wish more of them did. That's the way they should do it, Brian. Ideally, if you're a supervisor and your next promotion may be an area manager of some sort in a manufacturing plant. First and foremost, you want to find out the intention and the desires for that supervisor, right? Some supervisors may not want to move up and become a manager. That sounds obvious, but believe it or not, a lot of managers and senior leaders don't ask their people, what do you want to do next? And some might not even like what they're doing currently, and they would like to lateral and do some, you know, be an individual contributor. So that's first and foremost, what you want to do. But then for those who do aspire or want to move up to higher leadership roles, then it's important to start coaching and mentoring them right away. One of the most effective ways you can do that 
And this is something that, you know, it's a, a very important skill for leaders to develop, and that is delegation skills. We often think of delegation as something to just help take things off our plate. But in reality, when it's done well, delegation is a great way to develop team members for the next role. If I'm an area manager and I have a supervisor that works for me and that supervisor would like to be a manager someday, it would be a good way to develop them is to find some small, not even small, but a start giving them significant responsibilities that a manager might have and delegate some of those responsibilities to them and then coach them in those responsibilities. And by doing so, they are starting to develop to that next level. Having a, a much more formal mentoring, coaching, I don't even want to call it program. It should be part of your culture in your organization. But if it's not, then at least make it a program to have that mentoring and coaching your team members, whether it's to go to the next leadership role or whatever role they might want to take next. Now, that can then also be complemented with development opportunities, you know, uh, leadership programs are out there. There are some that are much better than others, but leaders can absolutely be developed and and work toward that next step. For organizations that are thinking of what they can do to develop their leaders, is really rely on making sure your leaders are good coaches and mentors. Start giving them more responsibility so you can see how they do, see if they like it, see if they want more of it, see who your better performers are through that observation, and then, you know, complement that with development opportunities, you know, whether that's various programs or, or whatever. What's interesting about what you said is we released a podcast yesterday and it was called The Foundations of Lean. It's with um, this guy named Nick. He's kind of like you, but implemented lean in a lot of different organizations and had a lot of success with it. And he talked a lot about a training matrix. So cross-training people in different things, um, I think at the same level and then also up and down. And then also having, he, he called it standard of work, but like standard things mm -hmm. that those roles do every single day, having those expectations, it sounds like makes it, it's almost like a prerequisite for all of this. Because if you don't know exactly what the area manager does, then how can you train their, the people that work for them on how to move up, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you've probably, you know, heard the term and he probably used it, leader standard work. Leadership at its core is, is a set of behaviors, and a set of responsibilities. And at every level in your organization, there should be clear behaviors and responsibilities and activities that those that leaders should be conducting. And just like any job, not even just a leadership job, but any job, right? If you think about the, the guys that work out on the floor making the product, a lot of times there's good job descriptions on very specific skill sets you're looking for there. Organizations don't always really define those in the leadership roles. There's more responsibilities, but less definition of skills, but leadership is a skill just like any other role. And so defining what those skills that are needed in the standard work that leaders need to be done is, you're right, Brian, it is a foundational element of developing somebody into that role and helping you evaluate whether or not someone can conduct that role, can perform that role. That makes sense. I mean, it, we do a lot of that too. Like we know the skills when we hire somebody and then when they get hired, what they do on a daily basis is kind of up in the air. It's not really up in the air, but it's kind of, we have metrics hit the numbers, you know, from a sales perspective or a marketing perspective, which isn't that different from the manufacturing world, which is, Hey, we have to make X today, hit the numbers. I don't, I'm not saying that that's right, but it's what I've seen. And that, you know, and Brian, that's important. You never want to get away from that. And sometimes people get away from that. It still comes down to, you do have to get results. 
Right. <laughs> Manufacturers too often will promote and hire the very good firefighters and they don't value as much or evaluate the, the fire preventers and leaders that are a little more strategic and can create a vision and can work toward that. Mm -hmm. So in the world of continuous improvement, you know, are your leaders thinking about how to get better or they just love putting out fires and they get, they thrive on it and they're good at it. You need firefighters, but you also need fire preventers and you want your leaders to be more thinking about fire preventing as well as being able to put out fires. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good segue to talk about leadership and, and how it affects continuous improvement and vice versa, whether we want to call it lean theory of constraints, doesn't matter. At, at the end of the day, like what role does good leaders play in implementing those types of systems, you know, into a manufacturing organization and its results? Yeah, that's, you know, it's a great question. And actually it's, it's almost a foundational thing for my business is making sure that leaders or helping leaders develop behaviors in a culture that supports continuous improvement. Because that's another thing I learned working with GE and working with other organizations. And one of the reasons really my business model is the way it is, is because your leadership behaviors and the culture in your organization are by far the biggest factor, in my opinion, um, that impacts the success of your continuous improvement efforts. It doesn't matter how much lean training you give somebody, how much skills training you give them. You could teach them everything about lean and theory constraints. And, you know, and that's all important. But if the culture doesn't exist and you don't have the right leadership skills, uh, you will not have sustained long-term success. So leadership's important, not, not important. It's, it's, it's critical. Actually, I don't think you can really have good success without it, at least not long-term success. You can always work on a project or initiative and gets done. But if you really want to develop that continuous improvement culture, then you have to have a certain culture that supports that and, and leadership style. A lot of elements to it. Believe it or not, if you were to just read a book about strong leadership or anybody that known for leadership and teaching it or talking about it, like like a John Maxwell or Simon Sinek or anybody, believe it or not, there's not much difference between what would make a strong leader and what makes a strong lean leader or leader that supports continuous improvement culture. It's actually really not that much different. The one thing that is a little bit different, and it's not different, it's just in addition, is this good leaders that in an organization that want to promote a continuous improvement organization need to be asking for it a lot, right? They, they need to be making sure that everybody is working toward it. They're asking for it. They expect it. Everybody should understand and believe because they hear it all the time from their leaders that um, they are expected to look at how their procedures or processes or other things in the organization can get better. And that we don't have a bunch of people say, well, you know, we, we're doing it the best way we know how, and, and this is the way we've always done it. We've had success in the past. So therefore, you know, it's okay. You know, those type of comments shouldn't even be allowed. So strong leaders should also be asking for that continuous improvement and then be knowledgeable in the ways to go about it, right? How do you do problem solving and how do you develop these critical thinking skills? And can these leaders coach and mentor in those types of things? That may be in addition to things you might read from Maxwell or something, but the core is the same. The core leadership skills and behaviors are the same for just being an overall strong leader or one that you want to help develop a culture of continuous improvement.